Special edition of the SNS Show, post-NFL draft. Preston Shoemaker, Jake Starr, if you're tuning in on Instagram, if you're tuning in on Facebook, welcome. A real fun showing tonight. Special edition, end of the NFL draft, end of the first round. Lots of raw reactions, lots of stuff to talk about. Felt like it hasn't been a lot of stuff to talk about, Jake, in weeks. So this is awesome. I'm really excited for this late night show here, Jake. Let's dive right in before we get to the Eagles side of the show, because I know you've got some raw reactions and I'm excited to dive into that, but I just want to talk general NFL draft tonight, virtual draft, obviously overall feelings about how you felt it. Well, I thought it went pretty well overall for the, all the obstacles they could have dealt with. Not a lot of technical problems. The feel was there. I didn't, I kind of liked it. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. First of all, shout out to our Instagram following so far. We've got a good uh, viewership so far on there. Same thing with Facebook. So we're just really excited to see that. Uh, stay engaged, ask a qu us questions, give us comments, and we'll uh, hopefully be able to engage with you. But no, for the most part, the draft went really well. And I told you, Preston, before we went live, probably about an hour ago, that I was a bit weary at first about oh, Goodell in his basement, the whole you know, half-heartedly waving to the fans thing and but it grew on me I think I really enjoyed it and it gave us look it gave us some kind of live sports thing to talk about again and I think that can't go you know uncounted I think that you know it was it was nice to feel something tonight for the first time in a long time and just I know we got a lot to talk about about talk about the Steelers tomorrow night and just the entire draft as a whole but for the most part I think it went really well yeah, like you said there, Jake, lots to talk about. I hope we get to touch on a bunch of stuff here. But I want to start, obviously, centerpiece, part of the centerpiece of the show. Let's focus right in on the Eagles. I know you got some raw reaction. Jalen Rieger, Eagles, going in that first-round spot there. We were talking all night. We were sitting there, and you're wondering if they're going to try to trade up, get one of those top three guys. That slides down. You see Justin Jefferson sitting there on a platter, and they pass on him for Rieger, who in some, some mock drafts was really pinned – middle, late second round. I know the Steelers were looking at Rieger in the second round, so he gets picked in the first round. And I, I want your uncensored, I want raw Jake right here because I, I got my own opinions, but let's hear from your wrist side here. We got a lot of comments popping in right now about just the Eagles pick, about the lack of Penn State players. We're going to hit on all of that, but I was surprised without a doubt. I think that I was expecting the Eagles to take a receiver, and they did. But when they got to 21 and Justin Jefferson was available, I mean, Preston, you were there. You can account for this. I was completely expecting Justin Jefferson to be an Eagle. I'm looking at Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. Look like they're ecstatic. They're high-fiving each other. Uh, you got They show Justin Jefferson on ESPN receiving a phone call from somebody. Apparently, it was the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, the Eagles come up. They draft Jalen Rieger. And I was shocked. You know, Justin Jefferson's a guy who caught 111 balls last year, had over 1,100 receiving yards. Jalen Rieger had over 100 catches two years ago, but this past year had like 45, 50. It's just a huge drop-off in production. You know, he's a guy who – he's fast. You know, the Eagles needed speed. They got speed, but, you know, he struggles with drops and all that stuff. And, you know, some people already on Twitter are talking about him being another Nelson Aguilar. I know that's pushing it a little too much, but a fast receiver – has some hand issues, so I get where those people are coming from. But, look, you got to give him a chance. But I see, I see a comment right now that I wanted to hit on, too. The Cowboys got C.D. Lamb, and I think that's the part that stings the most because I think for a lot of Eagles fans, 
their number one priority was getting C.D. Lamb. And I feel like the Eagles had an opportunity to trade up. I think it was Atlanta who picked before Dallas. The Eagles could have traded up with Atlanta and picked C.D. Lamb and not only got their guy, but prevented Dallas from getting another really good fast wide receiver. And they kind of just sat back on their hands. But even after that was over, you still had an opportunity to take Justin Jefferson, who I think consensusly, that's who everyone expected to be there for the Eagles. And they let the opportunity pass by. Look, Jalen Rieger could be really good. Jalen Rieger could, you know, prove us all wrong. And look, I hope he does. I hope he proves us wrong. But I think just right now I'm a little disappointed that the Eagles took Rieger over Justin Jefferson when he went the next pick. So that's what I got to say so far about this pick. I, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm just a little disappointed right now. Well, uh, well, look, we were live during the draft. We had a lot of live reaction. That was a lot of fun. And w- what I said as the Eagles are making that pick, I, I go, got to give them an A-minus tonight. You know, they still get Justin Jefferson at this spot. He fell right to them. But you got to think that you got to dock him a little bit because they let CeeDee Lamb fall right into the lap of the Cowboys. Now you see him twice a week or twice a season. Then they don't pick Jefferson. They pick Jalen Rieger. I know you were talking about C range. I dropped into a B minus immediately, and that could be a C plus because, look, there's no doubting Jalen Rieger is a talented back or a talented receiver. He's got speed. He's got skill. He's going to be a good receiver. They could have traded back 10 picks and taken him. They could have maybe taken him in the second round. There's a lot of thoughts about that, and there's a lot of areas across the whole draft in in its entirety where you fall in love with a guy, you got to go take him. Because you see that all over the place. We're going to talk about plenty of other instances here where you saw that just tonight alone. So you have to think the Eagles saw something in Jalen Rieger and said, we like this guy so much. We're not going to trade back and hope that he's available. We're not going to wait until the second round. We're going to go get him now. It shocked the heck out of me. Justin Jefferson's a baller. I thought the Eagles were lucky to land Jefferson in that spot, especially when they weren't trying to trade up. They pass on him. They take a guy in Rieger that was kind of mocked, like we said, late second round in some cases. Some, some cases, some mocks I was looking at a lot. A lot of times he were pinned to the Steelers at 49, a kind of guy that would fit nice there. But they were he was falling past the Steelers. Some guys were taking him 40 in late 50s, maybe even 60s in that second round. And Eagles jumping on him there. I was really shocked to see it. You saw my raw reactions there. And then it does it doesn't sting anymore that that number 22 pick is Minnesota and it's Justin Jefferson. I mean exactly. they're sitting they're sitting there now they're licking their chops because they want a guy like that and he gets passed by the wide receiver team that's been looking for a receiver and he was pinned right there can't believe it and just looking at these comments here Kyle Canillo going off about the Cowboys on Instagram I can't see Facebook comments so if you've got Facebook comments you can touch on that we got nothing on Facebook so far but I'll keep you updated so so, but yeah I think the Cowboys that was a big big win for them there not only did they keep the Eagles from getting Lamb if he would have fallen that far and I mean who knows if Lamb's there and they take Rieger I mean maybe you're even arguing more about that here oh, but I, I'm, I'm not even on here tonight if CD Lamb's on the board and they take Rieger <laughs> but let me Jalen Rieger where they took him why not just take KJ Hamler in the second round of the draft honestly like, they're, they're almost the same player and let's look at some stats okay you ready 2019 Justin Jefferson 111 receptions 1,540 pass receiving yards, 18 touchdowns, 18 touchdowns. Now over to Jalen Rieger, 43 receptions, 611 yards. If you go back to 2018, 72 catches, 1,061 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. That's a huge drop-off, a huge drop-off. Average 14.2 yards per reception, Justin Jefferson, 13.9. But 1,540 yards, 18 touchdowns. 
18 touchdowns. Well, look, and that's the SEC, Jake. That's the SEC. It's one of the best conferences for football, and you pass on a guy like that, it really shocks me. And Jalen Rager really in the Big 12. Something. The Big 12 where offensive stats are usually inflated, and Justin Jefferson's playing in the best conference in America. Sorry, Big 10 fans. I'm As a Big 10 fan myself, and Justin Jefferson's putting up almost 1,600 receiving yards. It's just – it's shocking that the Eagles let that pass by. But if they fell in love with Rieger – I get it. Why not trade back and take him instead? Look, you, you can talk about that all you want. I think I agree with you. I think they should have traded back. I think Jefferson was the pick for them. They took Rieger instead. Kind of shocking, but they got Rieger now. So the question isn't, well, they could have gotten Rieger here. There, They got the guy that they wanted, and you pin him into an offense now, pair him up against Wentz. You put him alongside Alshon Jeffrey. You put him alongside a guy – like Jackson, Jackson with a little bit of speed, a little bit of veteran presence, you know, it's still the pick they needed to make. And it's still a talented receiver. Certainly not getting an A in my book on that grade. I mean, I think that's definitely a C plus caliber pick. I'm putting him at a B minus right now. That's where I'm going to pin him, but it's got potential there. And I think that's going to be something you look back to in one, two, three years and say, Oh, look at Justin Jefferson at 22 Eagles passed on him. Hindsight's always the best 2020. And you look back on that and you might think in 2020, what the heck are the Eagles doing? Pass on a guy like Jefferson to take Jalen Rieger could be wrong, but kind of shocking there. And I want to give you a little chance here. Just anything else on that. Or you look back and you say it was a good pick, but obviously the situation we're in right now, I don't love it. I don't love that they took him over Justin Jefferson, but obviously nothing you can do now. You got to gotta root for the guys. At least I know you didn't really have this tonight. You'll have this tomorrow night. Wasn't it nice just to feel something tonight? Like you're sitting there, you're nervous when the Eagles are on the clock. You're upset when they don't pick the guy you want them to pick. And then you're a little nice for the first time. And since sport canceled, that we felt got that kind of adrenaline rush to tomorrow. I'm looking forward to this weekend and just, you know, having the draft, it just gives us something to take our minds what's off what's going on and have some emotion. And right now those emotions I'm feeling are I love a little. It. I love it. I, you love the emotion there. And, you know, I do want to touch on other aspects of this draft. So much to talk about here. But while we're on the Eagles, I want to touch over on the Steelers because Kyle Canelo's blasting the comments up. Kyle, I've got this on the docket. You don't have to worry about it. But, look, let's talk about the Steelers. They don't make a pick tonight. They make that Minka trade. I was happy about that trade before tonight. I was thrilled about that pick. Come, about that trade come around that 18th pick the best guy the Steelers could have taken in that spot was probably Justin Jefferson I'll take Minka any day there he really bolsters up that defense I was really happy about that that trade just looked better on paper after this draft kind of the way it played out for the Steelers I was really happy about it I think 110 percent there wasn't a guy that was sitting there at 18 that was remarkably better than what they got out of Minka especially what you saw last year and what he could be for them this year Absolutely. Minka was their first-round pick and was a very worthwhile first-round pick. What's he, 24 years old? So, no he complaints. was a first-round pick by the Dolphins yeah. just a few years ago. So I, No complaints there if you're a Steelers fan at all. If anything, the only thing, selfishly, I wish the Steelers had a pick tonight because I wanted to sit there on the edge of my seat and get excited and then get really pissed off and go out and start complaining about it. But, you know, we'll get there tomorrow, I'm sure, and we're going to get to that later in the show. But now, Jake, I just want to take a chance here, just kind of look at the draft, look at a couple of spots. We saw those first couple of picks going up as chalk. Burrow in that first pick, Chase Young, Okuda. Giants at the four spot. 
was a spot where we kind of thought we were talking about this. I thought Isaiah Simmons could have gone there. The Giants certainly needed offensive line. I think Andrew Thomas is going to be a solid piece there. I've got insiders who are Giants fans who are leaking information to me saying they're happy about it. Pat Tartaro, you heard it yourself, might be happy about that pick. I think think that's a pick that – kind of shocking to see a Simmons. Then Simmons falls all the way to eight. You know, I think Simmons – is a dog. This is a guy, if it wasn't for Chase Young, probably the best defensive player in the draft, better than Okuda. I think Okuda just matched up better with the Lions there at three. So Simmons falling all the way to eight kind of shocked me a little bit. That was probably one of the bigger falls of the night that I was like, oh, wow, he's still sitting there at eight. I feel like the Cardinals had to have been happy about that there, but I think it was the right pick for the Giants to get Thomas at four. Absolutely. I think that you're looking to build around Daniel Jones. You Get him some protection up front. Because what's been the downfall of that team for so many years? It's been that offensive line. I mean, Giants fans had to sit through tumultuous years with Eric Flowers playing left tackle. And I think that just finally they get someone up front who can help protect Daniel Jones. And look, he's your franchise quarterback. You invested a lot. Remember that fateful night a year ago when he was very upset when the Giants decided to pick uh, Daniel Jones. But now they finally... uh, Start to get some stuff around them. You still got Saquon Barkley. Get some guys on the outside. Do some work. But I think that NFC East had a – NFC East out of the Eagles, I think, had a good night. Redskins get Chase Young. Giants get an offensive lineman. Cowboys get CeeDee Lamb. Eagles get Nelson Aguilar 2.0. <laughs> the salt's going to continue as we go on, but that's fine. Jake, I also don't know. I think your Wi-Fi might not be the greatest. We're having some connection problems, yeah. I think, a little bit on the Instagram, a little more in my headset here on the good right Facebook. Now. But we'll keep going anyway here. Five and six, Tua, Justin Herbert. Kind of how it was drawn up. We said on this show last week we wouldn't be surprised if Tua slipped a little bit. I think we both kind of felt a little differently about that coming into this week. Just you get to a point where the film kind of speaks for itself, the injury history, you got to kind of put it in the rearview mirror. And Tua going five, Herbert going six, probably the right decisions there. And then going back to Simmons at eight, Derek Brown sneaking in at seven to the Carolina Panthers. That was a shocker for me. I'm high on Simmons, but I think him going to – the Cardinals is going to be a good spot for him there. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know, the Cardinals making another defensive pick. I think we talked about earlier in the draft, do the Cardinals go offense? Do they go CD lamb? But I think they say, you know, we struggled defensively last year. You know, we have Kyler Murray. We still look to build around him. We have the Andre Hopkins. So let's go defense. And let's really bolster that up. Well, and you look a guy like that sitting there for you at eight. I, I was shocked to see him there. And, that's all I'm going to say on it because I'm, I'm drooling over Isaiah Simmons here. So moving forward, you look at a couple of offensive line picks. Browns at 10. We both expected O-line there. Not surprising. 11 to the Jets. We kind of talked about that. Could be go after that sexy pick and go after a Ruggs or a, a C.D. Lamb. Instead, they go Becton, a huge offensive tackle out of Louisville who's crazy athletic with the speed, with the hops that he has, something he's going to be able to contribute, kind of protect Sam Darnold for the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Just another one, just getting guys up front that can protect Darnold. I think it's just a very, uh, you know, it's a decent pick. It's not Joe Douglas isn't out there making a sexy pick, isn't out there picking C.D. Lamb. But a lot of these GMs just said, you know, let's settle down. Let's take offensive linemen. Let's build up front and let the skill guys come around later. You can't throw it to the outside guys if you have no protection. Yeah, I think it's a good pick, too. I don't think you'll have to always – there's never no such thing as a sexy offensive line pick. I think that's just the kind of pick that you pick, and it's, it's going to pay a lot of dividends down the road. I think this is one of those ones. Moving forward, I want to get to this trade, but I can't look over Henry Ruggs, first receiver coming off the board there at 12 to Oakland. 
we were kind of shocked. We kind of thought CeeDee Lamb was the guy. If not, maybe Jerry Judy before Ruggs. But Ruggs has got speed, and we kind of saw that. You know, John Gruden out there really excited to put another offensive weapon in. Yeah, absolutely. John Gruden, just you got Derek Carr. Hopefully, you're looking to build around him. You get yourself a receiver from Alabama, and I think it's just a really good pick for John Gruden. I think Gruden liked that pick a lot. He, you know, is just looking to have some toys, some weapons on the outside that he can really – they can really build around. And I think that, you know, they struggled a bit last year, but I think this year you continue to build around. You got Josh Jacobs. I think it's a good pick. Now let's talk about this trade because this is the first trade of the draft. We were saying for a while, no trades in this first round. Ended up having quite a few down the stretch. But this first one shocked me a lot. And it's going to get to the, one of the parts here that I think – I think the San Francisco 49ers had the best night out of any team in this draft. But right here you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading up one pick to go after Werfs and Iowa. I don't think San Francisco was leaning offensive line there anyway. San Francisco goes down a pick. They still go out and get Kinlaw, who's a pretty big defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Uh, got some great skill there. A great little move there to stock up on more picks who later on you see they use those extra picks to trade up and go after a wide receiver I thought they had a great night. I thought it was great movement there by Lynch in the front office and the front living room, I guess you could say. And with the zoom, I don't know, breaking out dad jokes. Now it's 1243. That's fine. But shocking trade there. I didn't really see the purpose in doing that. If you're Tampa Bay, but 49ers, I really enjoyed. And I brought this up to you earlier and I'm going to bring it up again. I think John Lynch did a fantastic job. I think this bluffing tonight, I think he knew who Tampa Bay wanted he knew who he wanted, and he just bluffed. It's the same thing he did in 2017 when the Bears jumped from three to two over the Niners to take Mitchell Trubisky, and then the Niners go and take a defensive player. So John Lynch is a fantastic job bluffing a little bit, picking up some value, picking up some extra picks, and letting Tampa Bay get who they want. I almost said New England because Tampa Bay is turning into New England, but that's what it felt like tonight. I just feel like, you know, John Lynch has done a – Great job as the general manager of the 49ers. They had another really good night tonight. Yeah, and I just think that you bring in these off big offensive linemen to kind of protect the Tom Brady who you kind of don't want to get getting big hits. He's not the youngest, loosest, most agile quarterback in the world. So a pick that they definitely wanted to make. Don't know if they needed to trade up one spot and give away more picks to go after a guy like that. Great move there by the 49ers, though, I thought. We're moving into that part of the draft where you started to see more receivers go. I remember during this part, that 15, 16, 17, 18, we started talking about do the Eagles trade up. Obviously, we know they didn't. Judy goes at 15 to Denver, kind of pair him with a young quarterback out there, a young offense that's trying to build themselves up. I really like the pick there. And then you see C.D. Lamb at 17 to the Cowboys. I know you're not happy about that one. I think that was a great pick by them just because they knew maybe the Eagles wanted to take him. I don't know. They do have some nice weapons, though, for Dak Prescott. Two more big skill players go off the position there, 15-17. Yeah, and I talked about the whole CeeDee Lamb thing. I think it's a good pick. They want someone to surround Dak Prescott with who, you know, they're still hoping that he signs a deal. And I just feel like it was like a two-phase It was like a two -phase pick where they got themselves a good receiver, but they also prevent the guy that they wanted. And I still think I'm a little, still a little disappointed that Howie Roseman and the Eagles didn't try to trade up uh, to Atlanta and jump Dallas for CeeDee Lamb. And it, it hurts, and it's hopefully it doesn't hurt too bad if he's you know, going for 150 yards and two touchdowns this year against the Eagles. But, but we'll see. But I think it's a good pick for the Cowboys, a good pick for Dak Prescott, who 
On a more serious note, though, uh, thoughts and prayers with him and his family after uh, learned his brother died earlier tonight. Absolutely. Terrible news that came out tonight and definitely don't want to see that and very tragic. And, uh, you know, as we look back here at the draft, I don't want to jump over this pick quick, but, you know, Steelers trading out of that 18 spot. We already talked about it a little bit. Dolphins take a offensive tackle out of USC there. Again, happy with what the Steelers did. We already touched on it, though, so I do want to continue. I want to talk about this pick at 19, not because it's an attractive pick, but almost the opposite. You got the Raiders taking Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. The Raiders kind of have a history these last few years in the John Gruden era of taking guys that almost feel like a stretch. Last year, four overall, it was Cleveland Farrell out of Clemson. I know Casey, my buddy in here, ex-Clemson student, big on the John Gruden confusing train. I'm right there with you. I was shocked at this pick. Definitely a name I wasn't thinking of there. And Is this another Oakland stretch in that spot, you think? It could be. It could be, but, you know, John Gruden someone who could always be a little unconventional. I think that was another one of those picks right there. And, you know, we'll see. He made a good pick with the receiver earlier, makes another, you know, pick here. We'll see. It's, it's so hard to judge draft picks, you know, on draft night. I'm sitting here saying I don't love the Jalen Rieger pick. Look, in a year from now, I could be, you Absolutely. know, by eating my shoe because <laughs> of what I said. But, you know, look, it's a – we're in a knee-jerk reaction industry. We're going to give knee-jerk reactions. And, yeah, Gruden probably reached a little bit and got creative. So, I want to jump down a little bit here, skip a couple spots. We've got the Riegers pick at 21. We've touched on it enough. Justin Jefferson at 22. You get down a little bit lower, and here come more of those trades that we were talking about. So, right there at 25, Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State to San Francisco. I think he's going to fit in great into that offense. I love what they did there to trade back up. They had the excess picks from the first trade in the draft tonight. They make two trades in this first round. Get the guys they like. I, again, I think Lynch did a great job with this. No, I said it earlier, and John Lynch did a fantastic job tonight. You know, they needed a receiver, they got a receiver, and I just think he did a great job. And as I said, he built a team that almost won the Super Bowl last year, and now he's looking to build a team that can hopefully get over the top this year. All right, so here's the trade I think out of the whole night was the most shocking. It's the Packers jumping five, four spots. Packers jumping four spots up to take Jordan Love. And we talked about this a little bit. Obviously, set the scene, 2005, Brett Favre, starting quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, Packers take late first round, a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers is the same age this year that Brett Favre was that year when they take a late first round quarterback in Jordan Love. It's the Green Bay way to take this first round quarterback, sit him under your Hall of Famer for a few years, and let him blossom. Andre, we were with Andre tonight on the Zoom call. Andre McGarrow, a good friend of ours, he made up a great point. I want to credit him to it because I think it's worthwhile. You've got a Packers team that in the late first round here of this draft, they haven't won a Super Bowl since they beat the Steelers 10 years ago. Instead of bolstering what they've got now, they're looking to the future. Is that a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers? And more importantly, is that opening up the division for a team like the Vikings, per se, to say, look, this is a team that's building for the future. They're not drafting for right now. It's up for grabs. You go after it. Because obviously this is a team that could have gone here in this draft and picked a skill player. It could have been a tight end here late first round. Instead, they trade up and take a quarterback who, I mean, they could have gotten that quarterback without trading up, I think. So I was already shocked they were trading up to get him. I, I, lo I think Jordan Love's going to be great. I, I think he's a high-profile pick. They've done Patrick Mahomes comparisons. Exactly. But I, very, very interesting because you've got this comparison to the Rodgers-Farve and now the Love-Rodgers and just 
thoughts there. I mean, a lot, I just threw a lot out there, but I think it's, it's very interesting. Well, you got Andre in the comments dropping some, uh, some skull comments. There you uh, go. Same team that lost 38-7 to in the NFC Championship game <laughs> a couple of years ago. Always have to find a way to throw that one in there. But no, but, you know, as what Stephen A. said, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. This is the part of the – aside from me talking about Jalen Rieger, this is the part of the show I've been most excited for because it's interesting. It's, there's a lot of ways you can look at this. Should the Packers have gotten a receiver, a running back, a tight end, somebody who can help Rodgers right now? Should they look for the future like they did in 2005 and they took Aaron Rodgers out of Cal? You know, this, does Aaron Rodgers feel threatened because Jordan loves in the quarterback room? And that's my take. I really think Aaron Rodgers is going to feel threatened by this, and I don't think he's going to be happy. I could see in a year or two from now Aaron Rodgers being like, I went out, you know, I, I went out. And that's something I could really see happening, and it's interesting. Obviously, got a second-year coach up there in Green Bay in Matt LaFleur and Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Yeah, throw a little uh the little French on there, but interesting pick. There's been comparisons of Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. And man, if that comes true then, you know, we'll see. But you look, Patrick Mahomes was drafted when Alex Smith was being successful as the Chiefs uh quarterback. And who would have thought what would have happened a year later? So look, maybe Rogers plays two or three more years in Green Bay, gets the Tom Brady treatment. You know, leaves for somewhere else. We'll see. Maybe he gets to Brett Favre. He retires at like 39, comes back and plays a few more seasons. Who knows? But, you know, the Packers doing what a lot of teams are afraid to do, and that's drafting for the future. Now, if you're Jordan Love, you got to understand two things. First of all, you're not playing for probably at least three years. But second of all, you're going to get to spend three years learning behind the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Personally, I think the most talented quarterback of all time. But that's a conversation for a different day. You get three I would years love behind, to have that conversation, but let's you, continue. You get three years behind a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and if the Rodgers the Love uh, baton handoff is as successful as the Favre the Rodgers handoff, you're in great shape if you're Green Bay. So that, that's the key right there, and I'm really interested to see how it works. If I'm, if I'm going to give a prediction for how this ends up, I think Rodgers probably plays two or three more seasons there, either gets traded, released as a free agent, and Jordan Love takes over because you're not – you're not drafting Jordan Love to sit on the bench for three years unless you do something like New England did with Jimmy Garoppolo and you draft him and then Tom Brady's like, I'm going to keep the fine father time. You got to trade me. But I think that Aaron Rodgers will be on his way out in the next two to three years. Well, look, I think this is the biggest storyline of the draft tonight. And it's absolutely, it was, it was one of those things when the trade was made, we said, is this a Jordan Love trade? And like, I was half kidding, but half serious. And then obviously it happened. And we've got some great comments coming in right now on the Instagram about Rodgers. Andre saying he was quoted earlier saying something along the lines of, we haven't picked a skill, skill player in the first round 15 years. So that would be cool. Not the skill player. I don't think he was looking for Casey Ottaway saying he feels Roger feels betrayed. Here's, here's what I think on this. And you said he feels threatened. I don't think anybody thinks that Jordan Love is starting over Aaron Rodgers this year or even next year. So I don't know if threatened they drafted, is how... They drafted his replacement. Yeah, sure. I definitely think that. I think they drafted his replacement. I think this is something down the lines. But I think if there's somebody that understands this, it's Aaron Rodgers, who was drafted as a replacement for a Hall of Fame quarterback who was the face of a franchise forever. And Rodgers is that face. So if Rodgers is threatened and kind of brings out the ego attitude, I'd kind of be shocked because he knows how this process works. But here's what I do think. 
I think he was looking for a skill, skill player. He was looking for someone to help him out. Maybe it was a tight end. Maybe it was a receiver. If they stayed lower in the draft, maybe it was a running back. We're going to get to that here, but no running back until the last pick in the first round. You know, they could have used some of those skill, skill positions. It would have been something you put somebody else out there in the hands of Rodgers and they can go contend. That's a wide open division. They made the playoffs last year, but instead they draft a quarterback for the future. And I don't know how that sits with him. I don't know if he feels threatened, but I do think that he, he can't be happy about it. And you got a second year coach, coach in Matt LaFleur. You got this <laughs> new front office. You got this, some of this stuff that, you know, maybe Green Bay, you, you could see Rodgers kind of leave kind of like Favre did. I don't think Rodgers is going to retire and then come out of retirement and then go to a couple <laughs> different teams. But I, I I think he wanted differently here. I, obviously, he didn't want his replacement to be drafted because I don't think Rodgers is in any part in his career where he's thinking about being done. I think he's got a lot ahead of him. I think with the white, right weapons, if I could speak, right weapons, they could really contend in that division. So it's going to be interesting. I like Jordan Love. I, we said last week, I thought Jordan Love could have gone higher. I saw some mocks where he was pinned at 10 with a trade-up, the Saints trading up with the Browns and taking him at 10 as the replacement for Breeze. And – He's going to be a good quarterback one day. I think he's going to sit for a few years because of this. I'm very interested to see what Rodgers has to respond to this when he does. I think this is going to be the storyline today going into tomorrow. Yeah, and it's got to be tough for, you know, you're just drafted and you're, and management's like, look, you're going to sit for three years. It's definitely not easy, but, you know, it worked last time when Favre went to Rodgers, so, so we shall see. Closing out this first round, just looking down the line here, Patrick Queen going to the Ravens. I know as an interdivision rival, I thought that was kind of a sneaky good pick late round for the Ravens getting a good defensive guy to plug into the middle of that defense. Kind of like a Devin Bush type of pick where the Steelers take a good defensive guy in the first round last year. I don't know if Queen matches up skill-wise like Devin Bush, but he's going to be good for them. He's going to play a factor, I think. Makes me a little nervous as a Steelers guy, but I mean, you know, I trust that offensive line. You got Stephen Wisniewski coming in, Penn State grad. I think Steelers will be Super fine. Super Bowl champ. There you go. But and then going down the way here, I do want to talk about this pick, number 32, the reigning Super Bowl champions take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And we were sitting there and we were saying, if there's a running back that's going to get picked late first round, the Chiefs are in a perfect spot to do it. We didn't think it was going to be Edwards Hilaire. Uh, going back to our guy, Andre, the third insider here, the SNS show field reporter, he was high on Edwards Hilaire, and I'm kind of high on Edwards Hilaire myself looking at some of the tape, looking at what he's done. I was shocked to see him go at the end of the first round there. I thought it might be a different running back, but I, I don't have a problem with the pick at all. I think it's great. I think it's another monster on that offense. It's bringing back almost all of its starters. Really scary offense there, and I think that's going to be a great plug-in for them, him and Damian Williams as a one-two punch. Yeah, you said the Super Bowl champions, well, they're picking a national champion at Clyde Edwards-Hilary. Someone, you know, battled some injuries late in the season. Uh, still was a strong running back. Andre just said big system fit. Couldn't agree more. I think him and Damian Williams are really going to, you know, really get well together. And I think that now we got the first running back off the board. I'm really interested to see how it goes tomorrow night. Kyle just raised a good point. You got J.K. Dobbins. You got... Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, two Big Ten guys and an SEC back. DeAndre Swift, the St. Joe's prep alum from Philadelphia. But I'm interested to see how that goes tomorrow night. Like, well, we see a big run on running backs early. Will it be more spread out? So we'll see. And I'm really interested to see just how the running backs shape out. Because I'm of the opinion that you don't need to draft a running back in the first round for him to be successful. You saw that with 
you know, Miles Sanders. I think Saquon Barkley is probably the exception to the rule, but <laughs> there's a lot of good running backs that you'll get late in the draft, and I think that you'll see a lot of those guys go tomorrow night. I agree with you. I don't necessarily think the running back needs to be taken in that first round, but there's a great bridge into the next thing I kind of want to talk about. We're at end of the first round. You're looking into tomorrow. Some of those guys you just named out there, let's look at the running back position. DeAndre Swift's still out there. That's the kind of guy I thought was going to go last pick there to the Chiefs, but he's still sitting there. you got Dobbins. you got Jonathan Taylor. A guy in Cam Akers who's been pinned to the Steelers at 49. I want to talk a little bit about what I think Pittsburgh might do tomorrow because if it was me, I want them to take a wide receiver, and I want that wide receiver to be K.J. Hamler. I've expressed that numerous times. But what I think they're going to do – it might be best running back available out of this crew. I know they've interviewed Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers. I kind of like Cam Akers. He's the kind of guy, I've said this before, of those top five running backs in the draft, he did the most at the least. He had the worst offensive line, still had a decent reel, still had decent stats. You got to wonder how much of that came from the run-heavy offense. We'll have to see. But you got some guys like that in the running back. You look at receivers still on the board. T. Higgins still sitting there out of Clemson, that top receiver. A guy that I feel like is kind of overlooked definitely going to be a pick I think that goes early second round to the right team Michael Pittman Jr. Denzel Mims Chase Claypool you've also got Chanel Jr. out of Colorado but then KJ Hamler so lots of skill players still sitting on the board no tight ends in that first round plenty of guys I'd be remiss if I remiss if I didn't say this either how did Xavier McKinney make it out of the first round? Because if you and Andre didn't hear me say that at least once thousand times I, I was all over Xavier McKinney all all over, the t- all over that first draft, I thought for sure that he was going to get picked. He's still sitting there. No safeties taken. So you got Grant Delpit there as well as Antone Winfield Jr. So lots of names that could go in the second round. Another guy, as we continue to talk Penn State roots, Etor Grossmatos, pinned late first round. I kind of thought there'd be a chance he'd slip into this early second. I'm Didn't surprised. shock me. Didn't shock me too much. I know you were a little more surprised about that, but just – a lot of names looking into this second round. Who are some guys you're kind of looking at out of that whole crew? We'll start with Yitor. Well, I think Penn State-wise, Yitor is a big one. I think he probably goes early, uh, I guess tonight now, considering it's 1 o'clock in the morning. But <laughs> yeah, I think he goes early. I think you'll see KJ. It's going to be interesting because, obviously, I think Denzel Mims goes before KJ. I don't think the Eagles go for KJ anymore because they drafted kind of a similar type of player. Look, if they take KJ, I'll be fine with it, but I just doubt <laughs> it. It's happening, I think. A much higher chance he ends up in Pittsburgh. I think he's probably drafted probably between 45 and 55. Uh, in terms of Penn State, I think uh, you'll see KJ. You'll see Yitor go tomorrow night. Uh, maybe you'll see a Rob Windsor taken towards the back half. Outside of those three, I really don't see any other Penn State guys picked on day two. But obviously, I can guarantee you KJ and Yitor are picked. Rob Windsor maybe towards the back half. But all in all, I'm excited. I think you'll still see a pretty good run on receiver. You'll see an early run on running back tomorrow night and should be a lot of good stuff tomorrow night. I'm really excited to, you know, just do it all again. Lots of great names. I'm really excited for tomorrow. I mentioned there, I would love for the Steelers to take best receiver available. If that's KJ, great. If it's not KJ, if it's one of these other guys, that's what I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can plug best into their offense. If it ends up being a high profile running back Steelers draft receivers, well, they can get one later and it'll peace out. But looking at some other names, I want to drop a couple of names by you quick and just kind of gets your gauge. And there's going to be a little bit of a theme here. So we'll start Jake Fromm, quarterback, Georgia. Obviously, you thread through those top quarterbacks tonight in the first round. Do you expect some of these quarterbacks, some of them pinned anywhere from the second to the third, maybe in fourth round? So 
what do you expect from guys? I'll just say I'm here. Hurts, Easton, and Fromm, top quarterbacks sitting there on the board. I'll throw Nate Stanley in there for our Iowa loving Andre McGarrow field reporter. But obviously three guys there that could go in the right team in the second round could honestly fall as low as the fourth. I mean, maybe even lower. So what do you think the storyline is going to be tomorrow for quarterbacks? Hurts goes tomorrow night. I think I can almost guarantee that. Aside from him, I don't know. Maybe you'll see a Easton, you'll see a Stanley sneak into the back half of the third round. I doubt it. I really see, uh, you know, Jake Fromm, Easton, and Nate Stanley going day three. I think Nate Stanley's a guy, he's, he's a career backup. I think maybe you bring him on to be a developmental guy, but I see him as a fifth-round pick from Iowa. Be, he'll be a solid backup. Jalen Hurts, it's I can see him being a second-round pick, but it's hard. I think he will be a second-round pick, but it's hard to kind of vouch for that considering, you know, what can he give you at the next level? Can he be a reliable passer? You look at what teams are able to do with Lamar Jackson, what teams are able to do with a lot of other quarterbacks, and maybe you see Jalen Hurts fit into that mold. Would like to see him develop more as a passer. Maybe he sits a couple of years before he really gets in there. Maybe a team like Los Angeles drafts him. A New Orleans, a team who maybe has a quarterback in place they like right now, but can have him sit behind and develop. Maybe he can be, even be a little bit of a gadget guy at first, but he's a talented quarterback. He's played in big games before Alabama, same thing with Oklahoma. So he definitely has the pedigree, but he's the only guy I'll really guarantee gets picked tomorrow. I think he's the best out of those guys, even though ESPN's ranking both from and Easton above Hertz. I think Hertz is a winner, and he's proven that. But from where he's been, I think he goes tomorrow. I don't really know who. I can promise you if the Steelers take quarterback in the second round tomorrow, there'll be a broken hand and a hole in a wall when we go live tomorrow <laughs> night because I'll lose my mind. But So let's hope that that's not the case. But don't really know where these guys are going to end up. A lot of those teams that needed a quarterback got him tonight. Maybe the Patriots. I mean, that's a team that's been talked about quarterback. I could still see them going after a free agent like Cam Newton, still going after a free agent like Jameis Winston. They could be happy with the guy they've got out of Auburn. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where those kind of guys go. Definitely got guys like Yitor, like we said, going early in that second round. I think Xavier McKinney goes early in the second round. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with these running backs. Do they go quick? Do they linger around? Because that very much impacts what the Steelers will be doing. If they've got their eyes on a running back and backs are going quick, maybe they trade up for that back. Hard to say who they're in love with right now. It'll be interesting. So I do want to touch a couple final things here as we wrap this up tonight. We're getting into the wee hours of the morning, but I'm loving it because we haven't had stuff to talk about like this in a while. So it feels great. But no I want to say this. Who do you think was the biggest steal tonight? Somebody taken in a spot – that just really brought a lot of value. And this is something we hadn't talked about before this, so I kind of put you on the spot, but I'm curious to see what you have to say. I'm going to go with one here. I don't want to say it's a steal, but it's a guy who easily could have fallen deep into the draft, but a particular team decided we are going to take a risk with him. I'm going to say it was Tua. I'm not saying he was a steal, because going into the season, before Joe Burrow burst onto the scene, Tua Tagovailoa was the consensus number one overall pick. But you have the hip injury, you know, who knows if he's healthy or not with everything going on right now. You kind of expect him to fall. But I think Miami made the right decision. They picked Tua, and I think it's going to be a decision that they do not regret. I've seen a lot of comparisons. He's a left-handed Drew Brees, and I really see that coming to fruition. Probably sits a year, 
but I think but by, by the time Tua plays, he's too talented to pass up on. So I don't want to say he's the biggest steal of the draft, but I think that was the biggest decision a team made was to get Tua. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think they really put all of their cards on the table and said, look, we're going out here and we're going to get this guy injury history. But injury history, you got to put it best. I, I think that pick's going to be great. I do disagree with you when you say you think he's going to sit a year. I don't think Fitzpatrick's the kind of talent that's going to force Tua to be a backup for a while. I think if he's healthy, he's playing. That's a different conversation. My biggest steal – biggest value at the pick is going to stay with Isaiah Simmons. I think Simmons could have gone at four. I think there's an argument he could have gone at three. I do think Okuda fit better in that spot with the Lions, but Simmons falling all the way to eight shocked me, and I think that's big. And I see some guys chiming in, agreeing, saying Simmons was a big steal. Kinlaw is another guy that I was looking at there all the way down at 14. Definitely some talent there. I don't know if he's as big of a fall as I expected from Simmons. So that's where I was leaning towards on that one. Who do you think was the team that got the biggest win tonight? I think we touched on this, and I don't know if we both in are in agreement. I know I said I think it's the 49ers. I want to see if you agree with that. I agree. They, they basically you know, got a good offensive lineman, got a wide receiver. I think that they're doing a good job of kind of building up that offense. Their identity last year was defense. And they're now working on building up that offense slowly. John Lynch has done a heck of a job as general manager of this team and just found another way to fleece a team. And Tampa was even going to pick, bluffed a little bit, picked up some extra picks, and I could really see him doing damage. John Lynch, probably a top five GM in this league, and it showed tonight. Yeah, I, I just I want to mention the runner-up for me because I, I think Lynch did a great job tonight. I love what they did. But the runner-up for me is Minnesota. I think getting Justin Jefferson where you did, sorry. Poor We're Solomon. not going to talk about it. Wound there. But I think getting Justin Jefferson there and then trading back and getting Jeff Gladney, cornerback there at the end of the first round, kind of bolster up that defense. Just, again, making a statement saying, hey, look, we're going to make picks. We're going to go out and get guys. We're trying to win now. And if the Packers are caring about the future, I don't really know. And I'm looking in the comments here. I see Dolphins, good night overall. When you have that many picks, it's hard to have a bad night overall. Obviously, you get to a – you get the offensive lineman to guard them. And you There's go a out, lot to be excited about in South Beach. There really you is. You go out and get – oh, man, this is tough. I had this draft profile, so I have this pronunciation somewhere, but I'm just going to wing it. England – now i got to look it up. <laughs> I, look, he's, he was a great cornerback. He's very athletic. So I am going to look it up because I did do this one draft profile for Com Radio before, obviously, everything got bagged. And I feel like I need to use it because if I don't, it's not fair. So that pronunciation, just to be precise, is Igbin Ogani. That is Noah Igbin Ogani. There it is. That's tough. Great pick there, I thought, too. So Dolphins, decent night. And I don't know if I have a direct answer for this, but I want to see if you do – is there a team that was the biggest loser tonight? Was there something that you were just completely blown away about? And if you say the Eagles, I'm going to laugh, but I don't know if that's what you're going to go with, but go ahead. I thought about it, but let's think here. I mean, the Packers, looking at your limited window, maybe you go for more of a playmaker. There's a possibility right there. I mean, it's looking throughout. I don't, there's no one that really stands out to me as like biggest loser. I mean, I don't love the Eagles pick, but I'm not going to – Judge it too soon. The Packers, though, you know, it's the same point I always bring up with your Pittsburgh Steelers that, you know, the window's getting tighter. You have to do what you can to win now, worry about the rest later. And I think Green Bay kind of worried about the future now and isn't really focused on right now. So I'm going to say Green Bay is the biggest loser tonight for 
kind of reaching a little bit for luck. Yeah, and, love, and look, love, excuse me. Yeah, and look, I, as much as I want to say the Eagles, I said it before, Jalen Rieger is going to be a good wide receiver. I just don't love where they took him. I went with the guys on the board when they could have traded back, when they could have taken him in the second round. But it goes back to if you want your guy, you got to get him. So I'm not necessarily going to say the Eagles are the biggest loser of the night. Not my favorite pick by any means. Don't love what the Raiders did. Ruggs is an interesting pick. I don't think that's the bad one. Don't love the Damon Arnett pick out of – Ohio State, kind of a weird one there for me. Another one I was looking at was Tampa Bay just because I don't feel – don't know why they felt the need to trade up one spot to get yeah, their get offensive that. tackle. Kind of confusing in that aspect. But, I mean, there were other spots where I was a little shocked, but there wasn't anybody I felt like on this first round that I was just, wow, what a terrible night. And I'm seeing the Raiders are getting pelted in the comments. So I am going to say this. Henry Ruggs is a first-round wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. But he might not have been the number one receiver, but – like, again, you fall in love with the characteristic of a guy you're going to go after him, and he's quick. He's got a real quick 40. He's a guy that can get downfield. That's what the Raiders wanted. They took him. I don't really have a problem with that pick. I think first wide receiver off the board kind of shocked me, but they liked him a little more than others. I didn't like their other pick. So one other thing I want to touch on here, Jake, what are you most afraid of tomorrow? So you've got Eagles having some picks. Obviously, my Steelers are going to get – on the board for the first time. So I'm excited. You got the second round and the third round. Looking in that third round, Steelers are picking 38th, 102nd overall. Eagles in that third round. They pick right after the Steelers, 103 tomorrow in the third round. So two picks for both teams tomorrow. It can be about that. It can be something else. Is there something you're really afraid of? I think my fear is that the Eagles don't get a linebacker. I think that's a really thin position and – you know, look, you drafted, you got your slot receiver, you got Rieger. Obviously, look, I still hope they get a guy that can play on the outside. Guy with some speed, a guy with some size. Maybe they trade up and get Denzel Mims, we see. Maybe they take KJ Hamler. But I think if the Eagles can tomorrow night go linebacker, wide receiver, vice versa, I'd be happy. If they go throughout this entire draft and don't even address the linebacker position, I'd be a little weary. Look, I have to admit this was a pre-scripted fear. I can't take credit for this being on the top of my head. It was pre-scripted. But look, second round draft pick for the Eagles. Who is announcing that draft pick? Booby Miles Sanders. And who was Booby Miles Sanders' best friend and roommate? KJ Hamler. I am scared that Miles Sanders gets to announce KJ Hamler's name. Why? Because I, I want the it. Steelers to take him. Now, granted, this, they just took a receiver in the first round that was almost identical to KJ, so I don't think it's going to happen anymore. But if Miles is announcing KJ's name tomorrow, my heart's going to drop. I'm going to be disappointed. My heart will already have dropped because it will be after the Steelers have already picked, so I will have known they passed on KJ. That's who I want to see Pittsburgh pick tomorrow, but we'll have to see. That's if my biggest fear. take KJ party at my place this weekend. That's oh, my biggest That's my biggest fear. distance to, party. Yeah, that's my biggest fear tomorrow. It's co-tied with the Steelers for some ironic, I, weird reason taking a quarterback in the second round. I will lose my mind. If the Steelers take safety in the second round, I won't be happy, but there are good safeties on the board, and it'll be a good pick in the long run. I really want to see the Steelers help the offense first and get safety later. But So those are – Minor fears, but if KJ goes to the Eagles, I will be very, very, very disappointed. And I have to say that. Best so, of all, we'll be right here tomorrow night, same time, to break it all down. There it is. Exactly. And it's, it's great. I love this. 
Great time of the year. Love having something to talk about. Very excited. We'll be back on here tomorrow talking more NFL draft. Thanks to everybody on Facebook and on Instagram who stayed up late with us. 1.15 here on the East Coast. I mean, maybe if Andrew Destin's out there listening, he's kicking back. It's still early for him on the Cali side. But late night for us here. We're excited to talk about it anyway. And, Jake, if you don't have anything else here on this first round, I'm going to close us out and get us ready for tomorrow. Now we'll see it tomorrow. Or Looking forward to another fun today? day. Is it today? Do we call, do we call it today? I don't – I don't really know. We'll see you later tonight, as Joe Buck once said. We will, it might not be later tonight. It might technically be tomorrow because it'll be past midnight again. Might That's be true. Wednesday or Wednesday. Jeez. Saturday. Saturday. It'll be Saturday. See you tomorrow morning. Great, great stuff tonight. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Love the NFL draft coverage. Make sure you check us back out tomorrow. If you missed any of this show, you want to watch it back, you can check us out on Spotify. That is the SNS show. You can also check us out on Facebook. PSUSS show. That's also Twitter. So thanks a lot, guys. We really appreciate all the support. We'll catch you tomorrow. NFL draft coverage ending up tonight. We'll have a see you later. Have a good one. See you tomorrow.